0: Welcome to Radio Curious, I'm Barry Vogel. There are concerns that evangelical Christianity is close to being officially sanctioned at the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, Colorado, as well as within other areas of the United States military forces. In this edition of Radio Curious, we visit some of these issues with Mikey Weinstein, a graduate of the Air Force Academy, a businessman and a former attorney in the Reagan White House. Mikey Weinstein describes how evangelical Christianity appears to have become the standard within the United States Military Academy that trains future leaders of the United States Air Force. At the beginning of an Air Force career each new cadet, among many other things, takes an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States. These cadets are led by Brigadier General Johnny A. Wieda, the current Air Force Academy Commandant of Cadets. On the Air Force website, under Character Development, Brigadier General Wieda is quoted as saying, Our primary purpose is to ensure every graduate has the character, honor, integrity, sense of service, and excellence required of a second lieutenant in the world's greatest air and space force. On July 29, 2005, the name of Brigadier General Weeda, the number two officer at the Air Force Academy, was deleted from a list of Air Force generals to be promoted shortly before the United States Senate voted on those promotions. An April 28, 2005 report by Americans United for Separation of Church and State, accused Brigadier General Ouida of proselytizing to the cadets and specifically endorsing evangelical Christianity at the Air Force Academy. It's been suggested that this may be a reason why he was not promoted. This interview with Mikey Weinstein who worked as assistant general counsel in the Reagan White House Office of Administration, was recorded by telephone from his home in Albuquerque, New Mexico, on August 3, 2005. Mikey Weinstein, welcome to Radio Curious.
1: Thank you very much, Barry.
0: Tell us what's going on in the United States Air Force Academy and to a greater extent throughout the United States military with regard to religious orientation.
1: Well, I'm, I fear that we are losing our country. Uh, if we lose our, you know, our military in many respects, I guess I could I could describe it as uh, is a miner's canary. And if the separation, uh, the wall of separation between church and state, can be breached, and not just breached, but obliterated, uh, willfully. Um, uh, uh, in the u s military, then it can happen any place because this is that 's why it 's a great miners canary
0: well, how is that being obliterated or being breached in the u s military now? Well,
1: let me give you a little bit about my background first so you know from where i 'm speaking uh, i 'm an Air force academy graduate uh, and my father's a naval academy graduate my brother in law is an Air force academy graduate, my eldest son and his wife are both Air Force academy graduates, and my youngest son is a third year cadet what's called a second-classman at the Air Force Academy now. So we're three generations of military academies. uh, And um, in my family, in my immediate family, we have 115 years of active duty military service to the country, including right now in all wars from World War II to the current conflict. And uh, I have never seen anything like this before. Uh, When Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ, Barry came out in February of 2004, I was contacted uh, not by my three kids who were at the Air Force Academy at the time, but by Christian members of the faculty, because I was pretty prominent, pretty well-known there. I've given a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and money to, to my alma mater over the years, wanting to know if I knew what was going on at the academy. And I said, what, what are you talking about? And uh, uh, the entire campus had been massively uh, covered in pamphlets, exhorting everyone to go see this movie, which I often refer to as the Jesus Chainsaw Murders or Freddy versus Jesus, if you, if you saw the movie. Uh, and it turned out, as I began to peel the onion back over the month, this is not a Christian-Jewish thing. It's an uh, evangelical Christian versus everybody else thing. I've had probably seven to 800 people, staff, uh, faculty, cadets, former cadets, former staff, coaches at the academy come to me anonymously. Um, most of the, the vast majority will not even let me tell their anonymous fact patterns to the press for fear that... The Air Force authorities will be able to uh, triangulate the anonymous fact patterns and identify them. Uh, I do have 117 people that that will let me tell their stories. Only eight are Jews. One's Islamic, one's uh, atheist. Twelve are Catholic. The rest are Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Episcopalian. They're just not used to being preyed upon, P-R-A-Y, and P.R.E.Y. by uh, fellow Christians being told that they're going to burn eternally in hell.
0: Well, how do they do this? What's going on? What are the specifics at the Academy?
1: I'll give you some examples. Uh, we, we think it's gone back at least 20 years, uh, but in the early 90s, the Air Force Academy sanctioned its famous parachute jump team on the same day that Dr. Uh, Dobson, James Dobson, and the focus on the family opened up their, uh, their vast campus right across the street from the Academy, across Interstate 25, sanctioned the jump team to come out of the, to jump out of the sky carrying, quote, the keys of heaven, they landed on the front lawn to focus on the family, gathered up their parachutes, and walked the keys over to Dr. Dobson. Um, they've had, they, they routinely have brown bag lunches. There was one just last year, a very common example, uh, where, with flyers out in front of the uh, lectinar[s] that are attended by senior officers in uniform. Uh, and uh, the flyer usually says uh, this is a uh, um, uh, sp- co sponsored by the Christian Leadership Ministries and the U.S. Air Force Academy. Do not take this flyer down. And the one in January of last year, uh, do you know what the title was for that particular lunch? Tell us. Why we, meaning the evangelicals who are sponsoring it, cannot let you have your God while we have ours. That's pretty shocking. Just last year, when all the brand new cadets, the, the new class of 2008 at that time had come in, they were out in the remote area of the academy called Jack's Valley for uh, the combat field training, there was a Protestant service that was held on a particular night when half the class was uh, showed up, they thought it was, it was to be an ecumenical service, along with seven members of the Yale Divinity School. Uh, who were visiting to help advise the academy uh, as to how they could incre- increase their unit cohesion between the, you know, the chaplains. They have 3.2 basketball teams of them there, 16 chaplains, and the, and the cadets and staff. They were shocked when a, uh, an Air Force chaplain got on the stage, went into a massive fire and brimstone lecture, and then exhorted his young charges to, when they left to leave, there was an outdoor amphitheater, when they left the, the makeshift amphitheater, go back to their tents, and uh, immediately confront their classmates who did not attend the uh, the evangelical service, interrogate them as to what their religions were. If they weren't uh, evangelical Christians, they were to be evangelized on the spot. And if uh, the recipients uh, resisted evangelization, they were to be told that the penalty for such apostasy would be that they would burn eternally in hell. When this was uh, recorded in the official Yale report as to what they saw, uh, the Air Force Academy said, well, we can't really confirm that this happened, although, as you might imagine, I've had a zillion people come forward to me telling me that it happened. Then the Air Force Academy said that they, uh, they thought it might have been a reserve chaplain who did that. It turned out to be, of course, the reigning Air Force Chaplain of the Year, Major Warren chappie The 700 chaplains, he'd just been selected fairly recently as the Chaplain of the Year. I can go on and on and on. The the Commandant of Cadets there Uh, Invented a call and response concept when he would uh, yell at the cadet wing air power and they were supposed to yell back rock sir, and that was based on the New Testament parable of the man who builds his house on shifting sands, doesn't the house can't survive in a storm, but he who builds the house on a rock, i.e. the rock of Christ, um, has a very firm foundation. And the commandant thought this would be a good way for the cadets to kind of uh, uh, help evangelize other cadets. It was astonishing.
0: What's your take on why it is occurring the way it is, being permitted, not being stopped?
1: From 1993, Barry, until 2003, when I put a stop to it in 2004, the back of the base newspaper, and for your listeners that don't know, every Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, and Coast Guard station around the world has its own completely federally funded uh, base newspaper. It's weekly. The Air Force Academy is no different. Just like West Point Annapolis, they have a weekly paper. For that 10-year period, in the edition right before Christmas, The back page of the paper contained a solicitation that said the following. We, the undersigned, are here to state that the only real hope for mankind is Jesus Christ. If you'd like to talk about Jesus, please come by and see one of us. It was signed by 16 academic department heads or deputy heads, nine permanent professors, the then current dean, the current dean now, the then current vice dean, the director of athletics, the head football coach, and 250 of the other senior uh, uh, adults, Leaders at the academy and their spouses, along with four of the most sectarian vitriolic quotations out of the New Testament. I I I I think that the academy is under such a spotlight now that you know when someone sneezes they're afraid to say God bless you. But I'm sorry to very sorry to have to report to your uh, your listenership out there that on July 12th, just about three weeks ago, on the front page of the uh, the number one most visible newspaper in the world and probably the most hated newspaper by the Pentagon. Um, a senior Air Force leader announced that it was Air Force policy that the Air Force would, on its own, as we lawyers would say, sua sponte, determine who who was and who wasn't unchurched. And the Air Force reserved the right to evangelize those that it it determines to be unchurched. I know it's hard to believe. I mean, it's it's August of 2005, but your United States Air Force, that is their policy. We will determine uh, who is churched and unchurched, and those who are unchurched, we reserve the right, as the United States Air Force, to evangelize them. That has gone unrebutted in the New York Times for the last three weeks and a day.
0: Is that taken to mean churched in an evangelical sense with the exclusion of everything else?
1: Well, see, the problem that the guy who said it was the number two ranking chaplain, Brigadier General Cecil R. Richardson in the United States Air Force. I'd like to know. I have three children on active duty in the U.S. Air Force. I'd like to know whether or not they fall into the unchurched category, since there is no operational definition of that, and if so, is the United States Air Force going to reserve its uh, its right, I mean, to, uh, to evangelize my children? I'd like to know.
0: What have you done to find out the answer to that question?
1: Well, I'm close to bringing a lawsuit.
0: Uh, can you describe for us what the lawsuit is and how it would, what the parameters are?
1: I can tell you this that the lawsuit would come from a very well-recognized advocacy group in Washington, D.C. This is far beyond putting up Ten Commandments, you know, in a courtroom or outside of a courtroom. This is way beyond that. I was told by uh, Rabbi Arnold Resnikoff, who just was recently uh, put into his position as special advisor for something called Vision and Values to the Acting Secretary of the Air Force, when I confronted him with this, I told him, you know, that uh, I felt he deserved a grade of F for his several weeks in, in, in his job so far. He admitted to me that this, I was fighting the good fight, that this church and unchurched problem and reserving the right to evangelize them was very, very real. Look, it's, it's a serious thing when you realize that um, the Islamic fundamentalists that we are fighting in the Middle East view this uh, as a cosmic battle both here on earth and in heaven between christianity and islam it's a mistake to think that abu masab al zarqawi and osama bin laden and the other the jihadists the insurrectionists the remnants of the taliban the al-qaeda cells hamas hezbollah uh, al-aqsa martyrs brigade islamic jihad any of them don't get on the internet and, and they're not completely aware of everything that happens over here if they see our u.s military that actually does have and control wmd which when saddam had none Uh, uh, professing one religion over the other, one God better than another. And I can't say it better than that brown bag lunch at the academy. Why we cannot let you have your God and we have ours. Well, Barry, it's a serious, serious, serious problem.
0: What has caused the problem to be this way? What is your view of American history in the past 20, 25 years that brings this to a head now?
1: Well, I spent over three years in the West Wing of the Reagan White House. Uh, My last job there was uh, assistant general counsel in the White House Office of Administration. I saw the evangelical movement uh, back in the early mid-'80s start generating itself, and certainly for the Air Force Academy, rearing its ugly head there geographically makes perfect sense because Colorado Springs is kind of the evangelical capital of the world. Over 100 of this nation's largest evangelical organizations, for some reason, are attracted like a moth to a flame there. Um, And... uh, uh, certainly the fact that we have this particular administration in place right now with a born-again uh, president, but that isn't it by itself because, you know, Jimmy Carter was born again, but we didn't have the same issue. Um, it seems to me that basically you've seen a morphing in the Republican Party to where they've become, they used to be the party of the Bible. They're not anymore, Barry. Now, in my opinion, they're the party only of the New Testament, and the only party left that can be remotely, you know, connected with the U.S. Constitution are the Democrats.
0: In this edition of Radio Curious, we're talking with Mikey Weinstein, a businessman, attorney, and political activist who lives in New Mexico, who's a graduate of the United States Air Force Academy, the son of a graduate of the United States Naval Academy, and the father and father-in-law of three people who have attended or are attending the United States Air Force Academy. You're listening to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Mikey, where is this going? What can be done about it?
1: What I do when I am asked this question, I'm reminded of a quote from, ironically, a, a virulent anti-Semite well-known. His name was T.S. Eliot. Well, his quote was that you've probably heard before, Barry. The end of the world shall come. The end of the world shall come. The end of the world shall come, not with a bang, but a whimper. And I think back to what my great-aunt told me, who passed away here at Albuquerque five or six weeks ago at the age of 91. She was a Holocaust survivor. She, she, she exhorted me never to forget how it was when she lived in Berlin in the late 20s, when uh, the first little signs started to come out. The uh, Jews had, um, for the license plates for their cars, had to have a certain number of alphanumerics that all the same. And then, other, then Jews could not congregate in groups larger than 50 or 20 or 15 or 12 or 3. And before you knew it, there was nothing left to do because because the world had ended, and it had ended with a whimper because of death by a thousand cuts. I'm asking people to he- to to scream into the wind with me before there's no energy left to scream into the wind. Write your congressman and your congresswoman. Contact your senators. Tell them that you you refuse to pay uh, uh, to live in a country where you know, where, where the armed forces. Uh, and this uh, it has it as a policy that it will evangelize. It is pushing just one religious philosophy over all the others, telling everybody else whose God is better than, than, than the other God. We've, we have a tradition in this country. It's not a tradition. I mean, uh, those 16 golden words, Barry, of the First Amendment, Congress shall make no law with respect to establishing a religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Most of America lives very happily between the free exercise clause and the no establishment clause. But in Colorado Springs and in many other parts of the country, that happy land between those two clauses has been brutalized, assaulted, tortured, and bludgeoned into a poison no-man's land. People have got to contact their representatives. They've got to say, we're not going to put up with this. Uh, Americans have a tradition of not changing presidents during wartime, but we have one of these elections coming again. We saw what happened to Newt Gingrich and the others uh, after after one of the uh, uh, after uh, Clinton took office when that uh, the, the extreme right wing was uh, really blown out of the water. And I think we saw with what happened in Ohio yesterday uh, with Mr. I think it was Mr. Hacker is his name uh, got 48 percent of the vote in a losing effort uh, uh, as a Democrat in a in a district that was 72 percent Republican. And uh, uh, we've got to fight back, and we have got to start fight back into fighting back now. Uh, be- literally before all we have left is a whimper.
0: What about Donald Rumsfeld and what you characterize as his inaction?
1: I feel that Donald Rumsfeld and other key people in his chains of command ha- are, are essentially committing sedition at best and at worst treason. They owe it to our troops not to take away any of the good order and co- unit cohesion we have. But by, by sitting back with acts of omission and commission, um, with regard to the pushing of one religion over the other, when we're at war with an enemy that sees us already one-dimensionally as Christian crusaders, that is a direct violation of the U.S. Constitution. Everyone there took, a, took, a, took an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the U.S. Constitution, not to preserve, protect, or defend the Torah, the Old Testament, the Koran, or the New Testament. And uh, while we sit here, uh, as the days go by in the summer of 2005, we're hearing lots of loud bangs, and nobody's doing anything.
0: Do you think that this is coming from the Air Force alone, or a policy of the Department of Defense, or something that's known by President Bush and tacitly acknowledged?
1: Oh, I think it's clearly the latter. This comes right out of the West Wing. I'm not a neophyte. I spent over three years in in, in the Reagan White House. and Back then, the uh, the right-wing evangelicals were trying to get a senior White House official with clear access to the president. Long ago, they stopped trying to do that. Why? Because they have the president. Um, you know, uh, you've got a president who clearly, uh, uh, you know, views one particular religion as, as, as being supreme over the others, and uh, this is exactly where they're getting direct, their direction from. Uh, the American people cannot have our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our liberties hijacked by these people. And when you think about it, I tend to think of things mathematically and scientifically. Of all the scientific disciplines, they are all derivative from one mothership, right, which is the discipline of mathematics. In our country, almost every major issue, um, stem cell research, abortion, even though the reason we're in this war seems to all be coming from the from the um, the mothership of religion. Last year the big uh, uh issues in the, in this country were red state versus blue state. This year it's religion. And uh we listen, we the right wing evangelicals right now have the West Wing. They have both houses of Congress. Do you know that over one hundred thirty Members of the United States House of Representatives uh, describe themselves as being born again. And they're about to get the Supreme Court. Sadly, with Sandra Day O'Connor gone, John Roberts Jr. was on staff with me at the White House. We barely knew each other. Um, but has his, his record as being Deputy Solicitor General when it comes to trying to change the famous lemon test uh, from the U.S. Supreme Court on, uh, on Church State uh, is, is, is dismal. And um, we are in real danger here. Now, the one the evangelicals overstepped themselves with the Shivo case. 82 percent of the American public thought it was terrible that you know Bush left uh, Crawford, Texas, trying to you know pass, pass a, a law uh, to protect the life of this, uh, this this longtime vegetative you know state brain dead woman. Um, and uh, uh, I don't think they're going to make that same mistake again. They're going to be more subtle about it. But there's videotape of Bush standing up in front of churches talking about his faith-based initiative and telling the congregation not to worry about what they fear about the, all the uh, entanglements of a big government handbook and reg- of regulations about how to handle the money, Barry. He then turns to the choir director and says, let me let me borrow my handbook. And he holds up the, the Bible. He says, here's the only handbook you need for the faith-based initiatives. Uh, that is not what, you know, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, that is not what this country was founded upon. It's not just a bad idea. It is not just illegal. It is dangerous to all of our health to have uh, 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 to have um, our government and, in particular, our military pushing one religious philosophy to the exclusion of all others.
0: Do you feel that the all others, uh, those who are not evangelical, are? equally identified, or do you feel that certain groups are being particularly identified?
1: No, it's, it's a very interesting phenomenon. It is clearly the evangelicals versus everybody else. This is the, uh, I mean, I'm Jewish. I, I grew up in this country, love this country. I understand what it means to be a minority. From the first time I was a little kid, and I understood that we were not the, uh, the majority religion, and that I was different in a certain way. What is astonishing to me are the people, all the people that have come to me every day. More come, uh, who are who are pro, mostly Protestants, a few Catholics, who are not used to this. They're not. Be, I've had uh, families from, from uh, you know farm families from from Middle America contact me because they thought they had churched their children well, but they've been turned at the Air Force Academy the evangelical zombie robots who call them up on the phone crying, "Mommy and Daddy, you will not be joining me in in, in, in eternal paradise because you're going to burn in hell. You don't accept Christ the right way." So it's a very interesting phenomenon where uh, you have. Um, uh, those that were formerly in the the majority being told by an extremely controlling, dominionist oriented uh, evangelical vocal minority that you're not Christian enough, you're going to burn in hell. It's all about the the, the evangelical perspective that while we may be of this earth, or in this earth, we are not of this earth. Our place is the place hereafter. And um, the entire focus on everything, I've had people in uniform, senior people look at me and tell me to my face that Jack Benny... Dr. Seuss, Albert Einstein, and sadly, little Anne Frank, who wrote the diary, are all burning eternally in the lake of fire for rejecting Christ.
0: You've mentioned some examples of the farm families, and you earlier mentioned there are 117 different people who said you could share their fact pattern. Yes. Can you give us some of those fact patterns?
1: I've had officers tell me that they've been pressured by uh, superiors to attend services, uh, evangelical services. I've had a, a female C-130 pilot, a graduate, tell me that when she was a uh, uh, an, an NCAA athlete at the Air Force Academy, um, she was pressured not to go to mass as a Catholic on uh, on Sunday, but to come to evangelical services by her coach, who would pull the entire team off the academy reservation to go to an evangelical church downtown together. I've had um, uh, cadets tell me that when they were studying the Holocaust and class materials were passed out, an evangelical uh, cadet looked at a Jewish cadet and passed the materials and said, "You see what happens because you killed Jesus." There was a popular joke at the Academy as to why Jews are the best magicians. Do you know why, Barry? Jews are the best magicians because they have the unique ability to walk into a red-brick building and come out in in the smokestacks in a puff of smoke.
0: And they're saying that at the Air Force Academy?
1: Yes. Now, I don't think they're saying it now. When I was first contacted, of course, I, I, I worked very closely with the Academy for the first eight months before I realized it was a lost cause. At that time, and then I've created a a very gigantic media storm there. I've I've been on every cable and terrestrial network, hundreds of radio shows, TV shows. Uh, So now I think the Academy is best described as a flying donkey, and that is to say, Barry, that when a donkey flies, you really don't expect it to stay up very long. And um, uh, the the only adult that came forward out there was a, a true American hero, Captain Melinda Morton, uh, who came out for 100, 100 days. She was an Lutheran, ordained Lutheran minister, a lawyer, a former Air Force missile launch officer, a Ph.D., and an, you know, a member of the chaplain staff who said that it's horrible here. And they, they, they chewed her up so badly that she resigned 48 hours. Because she, on July 31st, she resigned from the Air Force.
0: And prior to her resignation, wasn't she transferred to Japan?
1: Yes, she was being forced. Uh, uh, she, she got a, a no-notice assignment to Okinawa, where she was told she would deploy at least twice into the combat zones of uh, Iraq and Afghanistan uh and of course the air force said that was mere happenstance which of course is uh, is a bunch of garbage the, the the people live in complete and total abject fear that if they come forward i i had a um, uh a a jewish member of the faculty uh, uh, when his boss, uh, a, um, uh, an evangelical Christian, left, he left him a letter saying, I wish you the best of luck, uh, and uh, I've enjoyed teaching with you. I want you to know that every night my wife and I get down on our knees in our bedroom and pray for the salvation of your family, that you'll make the discovery that Jesus Christ, and only Jesus Christ, is, is, the, is our Savior and the way to salvation. What, how do you think that made that person feel, having been a subordinate? Um, it's, it's unbelievable. Then, of course, there's my son. My youngest son is the one that told me. Six months after I was working with the Academy, uh, he asked to go off base uh, at a a conference I was attending at the Academy as a distinguished graduate. uh, uh, And he said that um, he wanted to warn me and warn his mother, uh, wanted me to carry this back to his mother, that he was very likely going to be court-martialed and getting into trouble. And I was stunned. I said, well, what what did you do? And he, I'll never forget it. I get goose pimples telling you now. He said, Dad, it's not what I did. It's what I'm about to do. And the next person that calls me an effing Jew or accuses me or our people of the execution of Jesus Christ, I'm going to beat the S out of. And um you know, I was one of these people born without a temporary, but uh uh I'm not going to have uh I'm not going to have that happen in this country, in this month and in this year. And as you peel the onion back, even today I received notification of a, uh, a Billy Graham Evangelical Association uh, a military ministry. It uh, uh, was a, an email that went out to all commanders of all the East, uh, Eastern Coast Army and Air Force installations uh, bragging about uh, military folks in uniform that will be talking about um, uh, military ministry for enlisted people, officers, chaplains, non-chaplains, how we can spread the word of Jesus. It was sent out by a retired two-star general in the, in the Army. One of the speakers is an active duty general in the Army. Uh, it's unbelievable. They have a picture of, of army folks with civilians with their uh, by a river, you know, in uniform, uh, all praying together. Uh, this has nothing at all to do, by the way, with trying to banish God. I hope people that gloriously and comprehensively, you know, uh, celebrate their religions. It's just you can't do it when you engage the machinery of the state. Uh, I, I would like to give one more example, if I could. It was, it was, it had been in the past very common for uh, evangelical instructors at the academy to greet their classes on the very first day. Hello, my name is Major Smith. Uh, Welcome to Physics 101 or Chem 101. I want you to know that I'm a born-again Christian, and if you're not one, I hope you will be by the end of the semester. Does anyone see a problem with this?
0: Mikey Weinstein, I want to thank you very much for joining us on Radio Curious. And before we close, can you tell us about an interesting book that you would recommend to our listeners?
1: Yes, I can, actually. Uh, There's a great book out now by uh, one of my favorite uh, Christian theologians, a very famous man, um, uh, uh, formerly the Episcopal... uh, 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 Bishop of New Jersey for many years, taught at Harvard. His name is John Shelby Spong. He has a book out, that's S P O N G. His uh, his book is called The Sins of Scripture, where he takes a hard look at the Old and particularly the New Testament, rips it to shreds. But uh, he's uh, still a very devout, uh, you know, godly person, a very uh, devout Christian. Uh, but he just warns those to, to, uh, who want to take literally. Uh, the texts of uh, of uh, the Old, particularly the New Testament, it's called the Sins of Scripture. I'll never forget one of the things he talks about in there is that, as opposed to John 14:6, which uh, evangelicals love to throw out all the time, which is that he, allegedly Jesus says in the in John 14:6 that no one comes to the Father but through me. Uh, it really rocked my world when he said, it's funny how no one talks about Peter, where Peter states that uh, truly God shows no partiality for in every land. If a man fears God and does what is best, that is acceptable to God. It's a very, very, very powerful text. It talks about how the New Testament focuses on the environment, women, Jews, minorities. Uh, It's really quite, uh, quite something. So I would definitely recommend The Sins of Scripture by Bishop John Shelby Spong.
0: And finally, if somebody wants to contact you or the organizations that you're working with, how can they do that?
1: They can contact me. I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, It's Mikey Weinstein, and I'm in the phone book.
0: Mikey Weinstein, thank you very much for joining us on Radio Curious. Thank you, Barry. Mikey Weinstein, a graduate of the United States Air Force Academy, may be suing that institution for violation of the Freedom of Religion and Establishment Clause of the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. The book he recommends is *The Sins of Scripture* by John Shelley Spang. Copies of this and other editions of *Radio Curious* can be found on our website, www.radiocurious.org. There are over 750 archives on our website, radiocurious.org. And I'm honored to tell you that Radio Curious is now part of the collection at the Library of Congress. We appreciate your cards, ideas, and letters, and do enjoy hearing from you. The email is curious at radiocurious.org. The postal address is 700 West Smith Street, Ukiah, California, 95482. The phone is 707 621-5075. Ignacio Ayala is the assistant producer. I'm host and producer, Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.